0: Gosh, I love the summer holidays. I mean, as a child, the six weeks holidays were just magic. You know, every week wouldn't even feel like a week. A day wouldn't feel like a day. It was sort of like endless time that just rolled over. And I guess, even as a teacher, it sometimes feels the same. Like, I don't even know what day it is. Is it a Tuesday? Is it a Monday? Or is it the weekend? I know in the next couple of weeks... A-level results, GCSE results, acceptance into primary schools, it's all going to be kicking off. But for most of our young people who are type 1 diabetic, the transition into a primary school or secondary school or even university is going to be for sure on their minds. And maybe if they're quite small, the parents, you guys, I'm sure you are pretty stressed out about your child going off to their next step. I've always been interested in what young people go through in terms of managing their type 1 diabetes. I guess that's where the birth of Diabetes Squad started, an in-school program delivered once every half term for all the type 1 diabetic children in the school to come together for an hour and just talk, offload, and share. I was so grateful and excited when I was asked a few years ago to feature on BBC Newsbeat to talk about Diabetes Squad. So let's just have a quick recap.
1: Newsbeat. BBC Newsbeat. And today there's a new warning. By
2: 2030, 5.5 million adults could be living with diabetes. That's
1: 10% of the projected adult population. That's Chris Askew, the boss of the charity Diabetes UK. He wants more done to teach people about the disease. And on that, Newsbeat's been out with these guys.
3: Hi, I'm Susanna. Hi, I'm Sara. And we're in St. St George's. We are currently in the playground and we're now making our way through the atrium. And I see one of our heads. Hi, sir. Are you right? (laughs) I am currently 17
2: years old and I've been diagnosed with diabetes since I was two. I'm 15. I was diagnosed when I was five. So if I need to check my sugars, I've got a sensor attached to me which does all of the checking for me. The only thing I need to do is scan it with my phone and then it tells me my blood sugars, which isn't the best right now. 12.2 is quite high, like the ideal is around seven. We're now making our way to the DT's department. Don't tell anyone, this is my favorite department.
1: Yeah. It's
0: where I feel safe. Definitely. One of the reasons why this unit is my favourite is because they talk about the Keep Club. My name is Miss Vigama. I'm the head of design and technology and I have type 1 diabetes. Does that make sense, George? I decided to start a club called Diabetes Squad because this academic year we have a high number of students ranging from year 7 to year 13 who have type 1 diabetes. It's almost like a secret code where they could share their experiences with each other, learn to adjust their insulin for example, before an exam, uh, before a lesson such as PE or DT, which is quite practical. It
2: wasn't really like, oh, share your trauma or do this and do that. It was uh, like informative seeing other people like go through the same thing it is comforting.
3: You kind of got to see the privilege we have to actually be able to talk about it together cuz I know for example my sister in her school she never got this privilege. She never got the opportunity to
0: like have support with it so I thought it was really nice. Young people talking to young people about a condition, especially one that can't be seen, having sort of this kind sort of secret team of young people, they just feel united. It's just like we are part of the same gang, we're part of the same squad, and um, we could just really help each other out. I know, pretty cool, right? So let's hear what the girls have been up to since 2021 when this was broadcast. I guess the biggest change that's happened is these girls have grown up um, and I've seen them grow up. So we've got Zara, who's in year 12. She's just finished her first year of A-level. And we've got Susanna, who's just finished her first year at university. Um, But she was also working at our school for a couple of days a week doing some teaching assistant work. Pretty cool, right? I caught up with them a couple of weeks ago, just before the summer holidays. We've just listened to the clip back. And we're sat in the classroom. From where you were to where you're now, like what's happened? What's gone on? Well, obviously the technology's
2: changed. Like it's only been like, a year and a bit. But still, I'm upgrading to the new Omnipod in um a couple of weeks. So I'm going to be getting it and it can connect to the actual Dexcom that I have. I was on the Libra back then. Mm. Yeah. Not a big fan of the Libra. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very happy I'm on the Dexcom now. So. When those two are linked, it's basically, like you've said before, it's going to be like a a mechanical pancreas. Like, yeah. it's going to be doing everything for you. Obviously, you still have to enter and stuff. So I'm really excited for that. Oof.
3: Um, honestly, quite a bit. I was using the Libra then, now I'm using Dexcom. I started going appointments by myself kind of thing, more like taking control of just, like, me. I was doing that, at, like, when I was, like back then at 17, like I was very much in touch with it. But my mum, you know when your mum is always like, let me peek through, see what she's doing, keep like tabs on her. But now it's just really like, sailed off the ship, now it's just me.
0: And like, I find it quite interesting because all those appointments you're probably, well, since you were two, right? Your diabetes, so since you were two, you're probably attending them with mum or an adult. And now the fact that you're going by yourself, do you feel like you're on like another level now in terms of managing your diabetes?
3: Yeah, I'd say so, yeah, because now any question, I can't do the whole, like, look at my mum, like, what's the answer? <laughs> I don't know. Even if they're like, how old are you? Look at my mum, double check. Okay. But um, yeah, it does, especially with like, uni and everything starting and like, having to control that and then going to point, I think it does.
0: I wonder what the girls think about all this new technology and like the transition from sensor to sensor. You know, it's a whole new world and it's filled with so much. The new one is the Onyepod Five, so yeah. that's the one. So that's the hybrid loop system where, like, they talk to each other. Mm. Um, and how does that make you feel? Like the idea of having that, I'm really excited. I'm scared I'm gonna be too excited and then just forget to enter
2: <laughs> completely. But I'm, I'm sure that won't happen. But yeah, obviously, like my big problem is, you know, correcting. So if everything is being done use like you're diabetic anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the interesting transition is is because this technology has only like come out of like nowhere, like in the last couple of years. So like, how does it make you feel like, I don't know, looking into like the future, the next 10 years, like what do you think is going to exist?
2: That's very true. You know, my mum's always been saying like, oh, why can't they just make something that can do this, this and for you? And then, you know, if you explain why, then she'll understand. But this is something that you know, it's been thought of It's just finally being done. Mm. I don't know what else, what else is left. The only thing like my, me and my mum talk about is making the infusion site stay for longer. But obviously that's not, it's not healthy, it's not. Yeah,
0: safe because it's within the skin yeah so like i know we've said this before like when we have little chats like i change my OnyPod every two days because my infusion site like just gets clogged up and i know other people do that some people it lasts for three days but some people like me last night it just fell off like just whoop, where did it go and you wake up and you're like oh my goodness but i do agree if there's some way of keeping it on for longer it's just less hassle isn't it yeah
2: a lot more because every time like if I'm lying down I just hear that
0: dee dee, dee, dee <laughs> drives me insane. <laughs> I remember once he admitted to me you're like I can hear it, I can hear it but I'm just ignoring it. Yeah. It's
2: like go away. My biggest fear is just the dee, Oh yeah. It just completely shuts down because then I can't ignore it anymore.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. I remember once he said to me you used like the back of your earring to like yeah, poke it through. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. But like would you say, like, what's your opinion on the jump between Libra and Dexcom?
3: Um, honestly I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Putting on the Libra was a hassle for me. But then as I got like I got used to it or whatever. When it came to Dexcom, my problem with the Libra is I wasn't scanning enough. I'd be too mm. lazy to scan. I mean, I can't really be arsed, like, even my phone's upstairs. And then I got used to the Libra. It was cool, I had it for like a couple of years. Dexcom came out. I wasn't scanning enough for my Libra, so I was like, this is gonna be perfect for me, this is great. They're not gonna like do my head in about scanning. And then when I got it, it was just great. I mean, the only issue I have with it, sometimes it loses connection, mm. which I'm like, mm, okay. But other than that, I just really enjoy it. And like, I don't, I don't really care about the fact that it's there anymore. If anything, I kind of prefer the way it looks because it's more of a, okay, that's definitely like a device of some sort. Mm. While the Libra looks almost like, I don't know. A sticker? A, yeah, sticker, people wouldn't really know what it is. While well, this one is like, okay we can't understand.
0: And I think you said something really funny to me. Was it like last week, something about like the perfect infusion site? <gasps> yeah.
3: <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that literally, I was like, I know, I know that feeling. Oh, I put mine on the other day and it's slightly like slanted and I was like, I can't do this now. Like, I was like, I missed my old one. It was perfect. It was straight. It was right where I wanted it. But it's all right. Like, it's not a thing to be insecure about, Mm. but like when I put on the Libra, I was very insecure about the fact that there was something on me, like, Mm. very, like, whole, it was a whole thing. I was like, no, like, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. So being able to see everyone else, like, not mind it, I'm like, yeah.
0: And obviously, I had to do the teacher thing. I wanted to ask them if it had any impact on them, knowing that there was a teacher, myself, who has type 1 diabetes and. If the in-school program actually worked, or if they found any comfort in it,
3: I think it was seeing because growing up, I was always the only person. Except when like Sarah would come in when she went to same primary school as me, I was like, yeah, or another person. But a lot of the time, it was just very much like me, kind of no one really like was educated in that sense about what it was. And then I remember coming into the classroom and seeing so many different kids with it. Mm. I was like, one of one. Obviously, you're like that's. You know, wish they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. But another one, it's like, yeah, we're a little, like, community. Like, it's good to see that I can walk past the corridor. Every time I walk past the kids in the corridor, I'm like, yeah, I hope you're doing all right. They're doing their exam and their Libra's peeking through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to keep my eye on you. Like, yeah. So it was good. And I feel like it was very much a place where you could talk about it without having to, like, overly explain yourself. Because mm-hmm. you know when someone asks you, I'm like, oh, my blood sugar's low. I actually saw a meme on this. <laughs> like, oh, my blood sugar's low. And then a non-diabetic person goes, do you need to take your insulin Oh, I'm like that's like the no. opposite. <laughs> I'm like, no. And then here we could just talk about it and say like what they do. Kind of also see because you know how they say that diabetes is very person, like it's different to everyone. Everyone has their own kind of diabetes, mm, if that makes sense. Totally. So it was interesting to see how
2: they kind of dealt with it and stuff. So I felt really nice. I think I've I've always wanted that because I remember when like with my hospital. We have a team of people that are our age and sometimes we go out, like we went to Winter Wonderland before COVID and stuff like that. And whenever I talk to them, they tell me there's people in their own year that they're diabetic. And I tell them, like, oh, there's no one in my year. There's someone like a couple years above me, but that's all I know of in my whole school. And they're kind of shocked. They're like, what? There's no one. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. And then I don't know, I just felt like it would be really nice to have that extra support because even knowing that you're not just the only diabetic person Mm. and now I have that like and it's it's even better for the younger kids because I think there's more definitely there's a lot more in the younger years so if they have each other yeah then it's
0: not going to feel so like isolating Definitely. Can you imagine if you were like, well, you were like a year seven kid, like, you know, starting off at this big secondary school, which is already daunting. And all of a sudden you have this thing where you may not even feel comfortable talking to people about. Mm. Did you struggle with that when you started in year seven? Obviously, you weren't wearing devices then, right? I was. Were you wearing the Libra?
2: I, I always started off with the other pump. I'm not sure if I had the Libra then, but I had like... A diff- I forgot what it's called, an Animask.
0: Ah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I had that. So I did have devices on me. I was never really, like, scared or anything. I understand, like, a lot of people would be, but I just never felt that way. Like, my mum's always made sure I wasn't.
0: Yeah, shout out to, like, Mummy Seki. We <laughs> love, we were like I've known her for years, literally. <laughs> no, I think in my
2: younger years, it wasn't, it wasn't as comforting as I found it as I like got older because obviously then I'm still like a little kid. I still am a little <laughs> kid, but not as much. And, you know, I, I still think that's very different for an adult and a little kid to have it because, I don't know, it's just a big age gap and it's already like daunting and meeting like so many new teachers mm. and then I don't know what it would be like. So I never really thought, you know, I could just go to you and, you know, sort, sort out my hypers mm. here. But as I got older, like, you're not you're not a scary adult. <laughs> I don't know if that's your aim, but... I think it's just a persona, yeah.
0: but it's not true. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. But, yeah, the more I realise it's not like that and the more comfortable I've become in the school, the more comfortable I am to just come to you as, like, as a
0: person and not as a teacher, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so. and, like... We share the similar struggles and there's a look that I also see that there's a couple of children year eight that have got type one and I'm always looking at them and they have that face where you're like, I know you're exhausted, like I know last night you probably had a hypo and I see it but obviously you don't want to stay in front of everybody because they may not be feeling comfortable but I've definitely realised like with you and Susanna, that you two are more, um, I would say, open to now just popping into my office and oh miss can I have a hypo t- treatment or can I just sit? and can I just do this or... And I, I really, that's, like, a really good effect of this sort of, you know, in-school programme where it's the boundaries are down. Like, I know I'm your teacher, but I'm also somebody who gets it, you know? I had a, oh, fair moment. Maybe, like,
3: possibly when you started being my GCSE teacher. It mm-hmm. was probably when I, like, realised, well, you, like, must have said it or something like that. But it made... I did have the whole, like, oh, like, this is, like interesting mm-hmm. but also it made it so much better because then like I remember sometimes being in class being like I need to leave like I need to like step out and a lot of the teachers some of them they'd be like oh, no way <laughs> like no way Jose where are you going and I'm like no like as in like, I'm gonna walk out if you don't let me leave but then just knowing that I could either come to you or like I could literally walk in in the morning being like yeah my blood sugar is crazy today mm-hmm. and like you would just understand it made
0: it so much better So we've heard from the girls how they benefited from the in-school programme, but I think it's a good opportunity to hear from the big boss, or should I say the head of school, Mr Gregory. So, Mr Gregory, hello.
1: Hello, Manisha. (laughs) How are you?
0: Good. So, as we've discussed throughout all the seasons and the episodes, you know, the birth of Diabetes Squad was not a podcast. It started off as an in-school programme to help our young people. Absolutely. But we just wanted to get an insight into, you know, what you think of it and, you know, your opinion
1: of it. Well, you know what? I'm so delighted it has been such a success because, as you say, it did start off as an in-school thing and then really it was good for us as a school community to recognise that need and respond to it within our own community, but then to extend that outwards really and sharing what the experience is like to live with diabetes and perhaps to even be alive with diabetes and to share that experience uh, with others who are in the same situation.
0: Absolutely and I think it's really important to have obviously the head of school but somebody who's been teaching for how many years we <laughs> may I not say.
1: More years than I care to remember.
0: And you you probably have seen there is more children in the, in the last couple of academic years who have got type 1 diabetes and it's such a visual thing now you know I wear devices these kids are wearing devices you know what do you think about these children are roaming around with all these extra responsibilities?
1: Absolutely well it gives them the security and the awareness of, of, of the fact that there is support there and even even a number of my own friends actually have been diagnosed with diabetes recently so it's something that's not just out there but is a part of our community and something that I think we've responded to very well and of course I know this is a very unique thing to St George's as far as I know so a huge thank you to you I know it's made a huge difference to all of them and to you
0: so I hope for those that are listening the girls have given you some type of insight into what it's been like for them but let them share some more, maybe, advice or tips on how the transition has been for them. And for, I guess, some of us adults who are listening, such as parents, carers, guardians, I think it's quite nice to hear how the girls have interpreted all this. I
3: always come more with a laid-back approach. I'm like, bring it with you like you're bringing like a pair of sunglasses kind of thing. Obviously, like if it's really sunny, like let's say you're going to Barcelona, it's really sunny, you're not going to forget your sunglasses anywhere. Mm. So don't make it like revolve your whole life around it even though it is your whole life but don't revolve it enjoy yourself just mm. bring everything you need make sure that you're keeping like tabs on it check your blood every once in a while mm. or like even a notification of the dexcom it comes up on your phone just look at it if you see it going high like you know just 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 bring it back down yeah <laughs> i don't know how to explain it more than that but i feel like with uni i didn't move out so mm. all my gp i didn't have the whole hassle of changing my gp mm. getting my supplies but with uni, it was really just, if you have to bring a snack into my lecture, I'd, sometimes I'd eat my lunch in my lecture, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but my blood's going low, mm. I'm going to whip out my pasta, I'm going to start eating. Um, my best advice is no one's looking at you at uni, or like mm. abroad, No one, you're never going to see these people again. So if you have to whip out your injection and give it in the middle of a restaurant, do it. When I was in Barcelona, I whipped out my injection, mm. and... Literally, as soon as they saw me doing it, they were like, oh, do you need anything? Like, do you need anything? Can oh. we do anything? I'm like, no, it's OK. You're like, I'm used to it, it's all right. Yeah. And they're like, OK, but if you do need anything just let us know. Yeah, it's really like a... It's, it makes it more fun, I feel like, because also when you're out and someone sees it and if they do mention it, little conversation, you get to know the person.
2: I just think that if people like, are worried about other people's opinions, like, no-one is going to care. Like, no-one's bothered enough to say anything or to even think anything. Like, everyone's got their own thing going on. And a lot of people have medical conditions than you think. Like, it's not just because they don't have a pump or, like, I don't know, some obvious condition that they're not struggling at home as well, you know. Even if people don't have diabetes, you can still talk to other people that are struggling with their own thing if you you feel comfortable to do so and you can just consolidate in them. Like, it doesn't, like... Even if you feel independent, you don't have to be alone, if that makes sense.
3: I think just my biggest like advice, I would say, is just you're doing all right. Like no matter what, whether you're, you wake up with your blood sugar at 18, you wake up with it <laughs> at two, you're doing all right. You'll get there eventually. It's, just, it's, always, it's always gonna change. It's never gonna be mm. like, you know, when you're in a job and you reach the top of your job, mm-hmm. like you can't go any higher. Just mm. is like completely opposite. Like. You'll go higher, you'll go lower, you'll go like, there's never an end point to it. There's never like, you'll never be CEO because it always
0: changes. Well, there you go. That was an insight into a young type 1 diabetics mind and how they manage their highs and lows and wearing devices. And also how type 1 diabetes has built resilience these girls are just a very small percentage of all the young type 1 diabetics that are probably listening. And I hope some of this has also resonated with yourselves. I'm so excited to see where the future for Susanna and Zara goes. And actually, it will be interesting. Maybe I'll do a podcast in the next five years to see where they're at and what they've been up to. Maybe how some new technology has helped them manage their type 1 diabetes. I really want Diabetes Squad In-School Programme to be a thing. That's something that I've been saying a lot recently to my friends. I want it to be a thing. I want the In-School Programme to be nationwide. So, you know, if Department of Education or the NHS are listening, please give us a shout. That would literally make all my dreams come true. Get in touch. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Diabetes Squad. And always remember to use the hashtag Diabetes Squad. This podcast, as always, was written and presented by myself, Manisha Bagama, and the producer is Matt Wareham. And also, this is a Depictor production. Thank you so much for listening to season two. I really am so grateful that I've made it to season two, and I look forward to a few more specials and also season three.